0: Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. Awesome. Thank you, thank you. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? It's a little bit chilly here today, but we can do it. I imagine that there are people gathering to worship Jesus in more difficult situations than this, so we will persevere in the 50-degree cold, Uh, but I think it's warming up slowly. So a couple, 53 now? 54. 54. 54. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Um, Awesome. So real quick, a a couple of things. Uh, Next week, we're going to be giving an update on the the year-end gifts that have come in. Uh, Those are still uh, coming in, but let me just say that it's looking very, very good. God has been so faithful. You people have been so faithful to to give, Um, and so uh, we're really excited uh, to see that those um, year-end checks are still uh, coming in. So if you haven't uh, had a chance to do that and you still wanted to, if you date the check December 31st, uh, Diane can get it into uh, that, that year-end gift still. And so next week we'll have an update on where we're at with that, but it is very, very exciting. Uh, and then the second thing I wanted to mention was uh, to encourage you tonight at 6.30 is the final meeting of the Revival Night at Celebration One Church in Three Rivers. I was able to be there Friday night and it was fantastic. Dan Slade and Alan Smith ministered and it was just a very uh, rich and full time. I heard some reports and a number of people were able to go yesterday and it was very good. And uh, so I'm, I'm expecting fantastic things tonight at 6.30, celebrate one church in three rivers, just 15 minutes up the road. So join us for that. Uh, today, I wanted to uh, talk about the story of Zacchaeus. Uh, but before we jump into that, I just want to kind of lay, uh, just kind of show you where we're going by, by saying that um, a number of years ago, I was, number of years ago, long, I don't know, 20 some years ago, I was a witness at a murder trial. And it was very stressful. <laughs> Like the whole situation leading up to being a witness was, was really stressful. And then we kind of moved past it. But then when they apparently caught the guys and they, I got called to be a witness, it just dredged everything back up again. And all the fear and the, the nervousness and the worry and, the, and all this junk came out. And so for months from getting that letter in the mail that said you're going to be a witness until uh, getting through the trial all I could see throughout my entire life was this trial. I imagined that life was still happening, that things were still going on, but my, in all of my attention and my worry and my thought processes were on this trial. And a lot of us can get in that situation sometimes, right? Maybe it's not a murder trial, maybe it's something not as scary or maybe it's something scarier than that but it's just something in our lives will draw all of our attention right maybe it's it's work we have something coming up a deadline that we have to meet or uh you know i'm still in school and so i've each semester right we're we're pushing through and man if i can just get through this semester then everything will be okay Right? Or maybe it's finances, right? That's a, that's a big thing. And we were, how am I going to pay the mortgage? And oh, the furnace broke. Or we ran out of propane. What am I going to do? Right? And so there's so many things in life that just demand our attention. And often those things are really good, right? But they take all of our attention and we turn our eyes inward. We're only focused and we're only thinking about ourselves But what we see in the story of Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19, so you can turn there, uh, we'll go through that story in a minute, but as we look at the story of Zacchaeus, we can see that in this story God reveals that Jesus was not so distracted by all the stuff that was going on in his life that he wasn't willing to stop and turn his attention to Zacchaeus. Right? Because where was Jesus going? Here in, in Luke 19, he is in, he's, it says he's passing through Jericho and he's on his way to Jerusalem. Right? And in Jerusalem, he's facing the cross. And he has told his followers what is coming. He is not unaware of the situation that is in front of him. He is heading to the cross. Right? And I think that many of us in that situation wouldn't be paying attention to too much else outside of the man i'm gonna get crucified in a few days and so let's take a look at this uh story together in luke 19 the first four verses jesus entered jericho and was passing through a man was there by the name of zacchaeus he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy he wanted to see who jesus was but because he was short he could not see over the crowd so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. And so here we see Jesus is passing through Jericho. He is on his way to the cross. And, there, and we also see another character, Zacchaeus, and it says that he was a, a chief tax collector. And chief tax collectors Uh, were not popular characters uh, in the the first century, in Jesus' day. These were Jewish people who uh, were seen as traitors, both religiously and politically. They had aligned themselves with the Romans, right? And they were extorting and and cheating their brothers and sisters, the the rest of the Jews, and keeping a bunch of the money for themselves and passing the rest on to the, the Roman oppressors. And so people hated Zacchaeus. They despised him. And he, they had probably seen these people in Jericho, had, had seen Zacchaeus grow in his wealth. They had seen his house get bigger. Right? They had seen him start getting nicer and nicer clothes, throwing bigger, more extravagant parties. Right? And all the while shaking their fists, knowing that it was their hard-earned money that he had stolen that was allowing him to live this lifestyle. So people hated him. And maybe that is why people wouldn't give him space on this crowded street. Right? They're saying, you know, we don't have much that we can do when you ask for our money, but we're certainly not going to let you have a space so you can see Jesus well. And it says he is a short little guy, and so he runs ahead and for some reason wants to see Jesus. He is seeking Jesus. Maybe he would heard about some of the stuff that, that Jesus had done, the, the healings and, uh, and the, the teachings that he had. Had given. So he runs ahead and he climbs up into a tree because he wants to catch a glimpse of this Jesus. Then in verse 5, it says this When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, He is gone to be the guest. Of a sinner. And so here is Jesus. As we've said, he's passing through Jericho. In verse 1, let me turn back there real quick. Luke 19, verse 1. It do, do, do. says, so Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. right, His plan was not to hang out here in Jericho, he was on his way to Jerusalem, he had a mission. Right? He had an appointment there in Jerusalem. But, but it says here in verse 5 that Jesus reached the spot and he looked up and told Zacchaeus to come down. And so somehow in the midst of this crowded street, and so if, if you think about it, Zacchaeus couldn't even find a place to stand. He had to go climb up into a tree. And so these streets must have been filled with people looking at Jesus and crying out to him. And so there's this throng of people, and Zacchaeus is up in a tree. And at that point, Jesus, the text doesn't say that Jesus stopped for anybody else, but he stops in the street, and he looks up, and he sees Zacchaeus up in the tree, out of everybody. And he says, I must stay at your house today. Right In, this, in the, the text, this must, it's an imperative. This is not an optional thing. Right? And so the idea is that Jesus changed his plans. Right? Jesus is passing through. He sees Zacchaeus, and he changes his plans. I'm not on my way to Jerusalem anymore. At least tonight, I'm staying here in Jericho. And not just with anybody, with Zacchaeus, the despised chief tax collector. And so the crowd grumbles, as we can imagine, right? This is the guy who has cheated and lied and robbed and extorted his way into these riches. And Jesus, you are going to stay with him? Jesus, aren't you the one who said it's easier uh, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom? Don't even waste your time on that guy. But Jesus has a different plan, and he thinks differently than those grumblers. And in verse eight, he says, uh, it, the text says, "But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, "Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount." And Jesus said to him, "Today, salvation has come." To this house. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And so while the, the crowd is grumbling, and from the outside it does seem like just forget about that guy, he is too far gone. Jesus, he is a, a miserable sinner, he is a heretic, he is a, a traitor. Don't waste your time. On that guy but jesus stops and shows love and honor and i think it's interesting that in this text it doesn't say anything about that jesus you know called him out on his sin that jesus said you better shape up zacchaeus right he didn't say you know he didn't say you have to pay back you know four times the amount he didn't seem to say anything at least nothing that has been recorded in scripture And yet this, in the face of this love, in the face of this honor, Zacchaeus repents. And he, of his own volition, chooses to give back his possessions to the poor, to make things right. And if we look back at the the Levitical law about restitution, this is far above and beyond what the law of the Jewish people required. And so he is extravagantly responding to the love and the honor that Jesus has shown him. And so this, this guy, this Zacchaeus, right, he is transformed in this moment. Right? No longer is he the, the reject. No longer is he the heretic. No longer is he on the outside looking in. But Jesus says, this man too, he's now a son of Abraham. He's back in the family. He is one of my children. He's one of my followers. And why does Jesus do that? We have the reason. Why was Jesus willing to stop? Because the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost, right? Yeah, Jesus had a a bigger mission. Well, he had another thing in in front of him. He had the cross, which is the most significant thing in the history of creation, right? Jesus is heading to the cross to to redeem man. But even in the face of, of that looming situation, he's willing to stop. He's willing to turn his eyes to this Zacchaeus, this reject. And so I just want to take a couple minutes and look at, you know, and see, you know, why was it that Jesus was able to stop as he faced the cross? Why was he able to kind of turn away from the, uh, or kind of get away from this tunnel vision, like only being able to be focused on the cross, which, you know, I certainly would have been in that situation. Why was he able to, to stop and to minister to Zacchaeus? And I want to look at three at three things the first one is that jesus knew who he was jesus was secure in who he was in luke chapter 3 this is the beginning of this gospel uh, 21 to 23 says when all the people were being baptized jesus was baptized too and as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. So right at the at end, the, at the launch of his earthly ministry here. He's 30 years old. He comes to the, the Jordan River where John is, is baptizing people. And, you know, and many of us have, have read that story. right? And Jesus comes and as he is, is baptized, the, the heavens are open and a, a, you know, the, the dove comes down and, we, and he hears this voice, You are my son. You are my son. And each and every one of us needs to have this same encounter. You know, when the, when the renewal hit um, in Toronto, I think it's 24 years ago um, in, in Toronto, uh, Catch the Fire, I guess, is what it's called now. What was it called then? Oh, Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship is what it was called. When Mom and I, before I was married, we drove up there, we listened to Paul Simon's Graceland album all the way up and all the way back. <laughs> that's a good spiritual preparation <laughs> graceland i'm going to graceland memphis tennessee i'm going to graceland okay um anyway so we we're, we're and so this renewal is poured out 24 four years ago in in toronto and one of the huge things that it is revealed is this understanding of the of god as a father Right, Not as this authoritarian that is waiting to smack us when we get out of line. Not this God who is aloof and far off, but this God who is close to us, who is personal, who through Jesus proved that he loved us. This, this God who is willing to, to draw close. And, and having experiences, taking time just to, to reflect on the, the goodness of our daddy God. Right? And, and pressing in and looking for experiences to encounter the Holy Spirit that brings this reality into our hearts and into our minds. Because right? I you know, was somehow in, in my life, whether I was taught or I, I learned, right, that I'm not good enough and I'm not valuable. You know, you know, and I just assume that, that God doesn't really care about me. Right, that, that I'm just doing enough. To, I'm barely going to get by if I do. Right, and yet when I encountered the, the love of God, everything changes. And I'm accepted. I'm a son. Right, and yeah, Maybe I'm not the, the smartest person in, in the world, but God has chosen me and called me and he has put me on mission. And not because of what I can accomplish, but because he loves me and he cares about me. And so it's from that place of knowing that I am accepted and loved, that is where I want to minister out of. Right? Not so that I can you know, prove that I'm valuable, prove that I'm worth something, right? but just as an outflow of the love that God has poured into me. So we all need to have these encounters. We all need to, to learn and to, to get this truth in us. We reject the, the lies Right? And to learn that, that God loves us, that God cares about us, that we are sons and daughters of the King, the creator of the universe. And so tonight, here's another plug, tonight is a great opportunity to, to go to, to, celebrate, to celebrate one and just receive from God tonight. And let him just reveal his love to you in a new and a fresh way. So Jesus knew who he was. He knew he was a son. And he ministered from that place. And so we need to know that we are sons and daughters and live our lives from that place, not trying to to earn our position in God's family. And second, Jesus not only knew who he was, but Jesus knew his mission. Right In the the end of Luke 19 there, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Why was Jesus willing to, to stop to minister to Zacchaeus? Because this is why he had come. This is what he was here for. Yes, he was going to go to the cross. Yes, he was going to to redeem all of creation. But even with that looming before him, he was willing to stop to minister to the lost. And he was willing to to meet Zacchaeus, this reject, this heretic, this loser. And so in, in the same way, we need to know what our mission is. Right, Jesus, before he ascended into heaven, said, go and, and make disciples of all nations. We are on mission to, to make disciples. We are on mission to, to bear witness of, of God in Vandalia and Cassopolis and Cass County and Kalamazoo County and Michigan. Right? Anywhere we go, we are on mission to bring glory to God, to, to reveal him to a lost and hurting world, and to seek and to save the lost. Jesus knew his mission. We need to know our mission. And third, Jesus was tuned in to the leading of the Father. Jesus is passing through Jericho. He is going to Jerusalem. And in the midst of this throng of, of people, somehow Zacchaeus is highlighted. Now, I believe... This isn't in the text, I'm inferring this. I believe that, that the father highlighted Zacchaeus to Jesus. And, and Jesus just didn't decide, oh, it's necessary for me to stay with Zacchaeus. Right? I believe the father said, Jesus, up there in that tree, that's Zacchaeus. I know, I know you've got some plans ahead of you right now, but tonight you're going to stop and you're going to minister to that one. Because look what it says in John 5, 19 and 20. It says, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the Son of Man can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he does. And so Jesus, passing through Jericho, Tuned in to the Father. I believe Jesus is always tuned in, right? Paying attention. Father, what are you saying? Father, what are you doing right now? And the Father highlighted Zacchaeus, and Jesus said, okay, let's do it. And we, in the same way, just like Jesus was tuned into the Father, we need to be tuned in to what the Father is saying and what the Father is leading us towards. Right? And so here at New Day we teach uh, how to hear God's voice, right? That we can still hear God. That God still is speaking, and God still wants to reveal things to His kids. Right? Elsewhere in the Gospel of John, it says uh, that the sheep still hear His voice, right? And so we can still hear Jesus's voice, but we just need to to learn to to turn out all of the distractions, to tune out all of the, the stuff that would distract us and, and keep, us our, keep our eyes usually on ourselves, right? You know, like with me and with that murder trial, I wasn't, you know, if Jesus would have said, Mark, I need you to minister to Zacchaeus while I was on the way to that trial. Like, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't have heard it all. I would have just been going, What if, oh, poor me, this is terrible. What if they think I did it? What if I'm in trouble? Maybe this is all a setup and the police are just waiting. Like, I had the most irrational, crazy thoughts during that season. It was terrible. I, but I was so focused on myself that I was not tuned in. But Jesus, he knew who he was. I'm the son of God. Everything's going to be okay. Right? He knew what his mission was. I know that I'm here to, to seek and save the lost." And when, so when the father said, "Here's one," he said, "All right, let's do it." And so we need to live that same way. In the face of all the busyness and face of all the craziness, we need to know who we are. Oh, I am the fathers. I can rest in him. We need to know what our mission is. Oh, this, I'm here to make disciples to extend the, the kingdom of God, to bring glory to God in every relationship and every conversation, every place that I go. And I need to be tuned in to follow you know, where, where he's leading me. Because even in the midst of all those people, Jesus probably, there was, all those people in Jericho probably had stuff right, that needed to be dealt with. And yet Jesus, that we know of, only ministered to this one. And so we can't minister, right? Because we don't have time. We have jobs and families and stuff. We can't minister to every single person that we come across, right? How long would it take us to go grocery shopping if you tried to stop and minister to every, every person on your way? That would take a long time. But if you're there in the dairy section and you're buying some chip dip, that's where, that where chip dip is? Um, you're buying some milk and, uh, and, and, the, and the father says, Highlights, you know, somebody getting some eggs. Hey, pay attention to that. Okay? God, I had a plan, but I know know your voice. I know that this is what I'm here for. So we need to be tuned in to the Father's voice. All right, so in 2018, we as a church, as a community of believers, I think, and I'm excited that we are going to make a significant impact in our community. Right here in, in Cass County, we are going to be ambassadors of the kingdom. We are going to glorify God. We are going to extend his kingdom. We are going to to reach and, and seek the, the lost people that are in need in our communities. But the reality is that we cannot do that continually. We can kind of will ourselves to do it for maybe a couple weeks or a little while, but we're not going to be able to do it continually, and we're really not going to be able to do it effectively just out of our own efforts, right? We need to do it from a place of resting in the love of the Father, you know, allowing Him to show us who we are in Him, taking time to allow Him to birth His heart for the lost in our hearts, taking time to, to learn to hear and discern the Father's voice in the midst of our hectic and crazy lives. You know, and so we need to, to learn to stop and receive, to, to, to receive the, the love of God and just uh, what I call or what we call soaking, right? Just stopping from the busyness and the craziness of life and just turning our attention to the Father and allowing Him to wash over us, to get rid of the garbage and fill us with good stuff, with the love and the grace and the mercy. And so today, before we close, I just want to take a couple minutes. Hey, Shelton, will you do me a favor? Will you just play instrumentally for just a couple minutes on the keyboard? You can keep your coat on. It's warming up in here though. So, so what I want to do is just take a couple of minutes here and just wait on the Lord to turn our attention to Him and allow Him to fill us up again. Right, in Ephesians, uh, one of my favorite verses says, you know, we're not to be drunk with wine, but to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. All right, so let's take a couple of moments, you know, just a minute or two here, to allow the Holy Spirit to fill us up Again, and then we'll close. Thank you, Father. Father God, we just turn our attention to you. we declare right now that we need you. Lord, we can struggle with, with legalism, trying to prove that we're worthy, trying to earn our way into your good graces or earn our way into heaven. But Lord, we just lay that down And we just step into your grace this morning. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we just ask, would you capture us again with your love? Lord, those lies that we believe that you could never love us or you don't care about us or you have forgotten us. Lord, would you come and speak the truth right now? Wow. That your love is unfailing. That you are for us and not against us. That you are never going to abandon. You are never Going to forsake us. Wow. Thank you, Father. Wow. Lord, I ask that you would help us to live out of this place. Lord, what we have just tasted here. We want to live lives that are just completely founded and resting and assured in Your love. And so I ask, Lord, for the rest of the day, for the rest of this week, God, would You open our eyes to to see Your love? I've been reading in the the book of Mark, and there is this moment when the Pharisees ask for a sign from Jesus. And Jesus says, I'm not going to give you a sign, but as we, as we read the couple of chapters before that, the whole, like everything Jesus is doing is a sign. He's healing people. He's, he's feeding thousands and thousands of people with just a couple of loaves and fishes. Right? He's healing lepers and opening blind eyes and teaching with authority. There are signs all around and yet the Pharisees couldn't see it. Lord, we, I'm sure that we are also blind, have turned our eyes away from some of the ways you have revealed your love. And I ask right now, God, would you open our eyes to see your hands of love and the way you are caring for us. Lord, be an ever-present help and a comfort for each one and transform us. In your name we pray, amen. And so it's from this place of acceptance, this place of, of, of understanding and knowing the unfailing love of God, from this place of rest, it's from this place that we're going to go out and we're going to transform our communities. We're going to transform our families. Not because we have to, not to earn brownie points, right? But just as the, the overflow of the love that God has poured into us, as the natural response because of what God has done for us the the love that he's lavished upon us all right so i bless you and allow that love to to transform you and to keep your eyes turned away not just from your own stuff and your own distractions but looking to see what god is doing all around us amen father god i thank you for this day i thank you that you uh, came to seek and save us Lord, when we were shaking our fists, when we were your enemies, you loved us and you stopped for us. So let us, as we are filled with that love, stop for others. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.